Hello and welcome to Let's Talk with Bishop R.C. Blakes. R.C. is an author, empowerment teacher, and the proud pastor of the New Home Ministries of New Orleans, Louisiana, and Houston, Texas. His message circles the globe. His conversational and candid approach to challenging content makes him a relevant voice to all generations. Get ready for a life-changing transformational conversation. family this is RC Blakes and I am so excited to be able to share with you today would you do me a favor uh, share this with someone invite someone to come in and to be a part of of this discussion this lesson this message message today I don't know why my tongue is so slow I have something that uh, is on my heart that I know is going to resonate with a lot of you some of you is going to it's going to resonate with you in this present season of your life for others of you this message is for uh, seasons that are yet to come I want to talk about understanding and dealing with passive aggressive people understanding and dealing with passive aggressive people the higher you go in life the more you're going to encounter passive aggressive people now let me start this by saying none of us are really in a position to point our fingers or necessarily to judge another because all of us at some point in time uh, have behaved passive aggressively um, you know, for different reasons, some of which we're going to deal with uh, today. So this is not one of the kind, this is not the message that you send to them as much as it is the message that you really take in and do some introspection and ask yourself, where am I at? You know, you know how, how do I align, how do I line up with uh, some of the things that uh, we're going to talk about today but understanding and dealing with passive aggressive people it's very very real if you look in uh, Proverbs 26 verses 23 through 25 it says burning lips and a wicked heart are like a potsherd covered with silver dross he that hateth dissembleth with his lips and layeth up deceit within him. When he speaketh fair, believe him not, for there are seven abominations in his heart. Passive aggressive, passive aggressive. It seems like a paradox of some kind that a person can be passive, passively aggressive. Um, and it's happening on a daily it happens on the job it happens in um, the home quite a lot it happens in relationships within friendships passive aggressive people now um, these are just thoughts that the Holy Spirit gave to me that I'm sharing with you but the clearest sign of being involved in a passive aggressive uh, connection of some kind or in a passive aggressive relationship uh, one of the clearest signs is fluctuating energy when you're dealing with a person that is passive aggressive it's it's um, it's exhausting because it's like uh, they keep changing the temperature of the relationship um, it's like you know it's like you uh, you're on high this morning you're, you're down low tonight you know you talk to them on the phone tonight and you talk to them again tomorrow uh, it's 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 a whole different ball game it's because they keep changing the, the thermostat, the temperature of the relationship because the aim is what? The manipulation of you. So 
when, whenever you're involved with a person that it feels like it's just a lot of work to be their friend. And you just can't put your finger on it, but it's like uh, the relationship is just up and down. And, you know, it, it's, it's, uh, it's like you, there, there are no issues that have been addressed, but you can sense that things are constantly shifting. The person's attitude is changing. You know, their mood seems to be changing. And for all you know, they don't have a chemical imbalance. But, um, you know, you're trying to figure it out. But passive-aggressive relationships create fluctuating energy. You know, anybody that is um, healthy, genuine, sincere, and authentic in your life uh, is a person that is consistent. When you start dealing with a person whose energy is constantly changing, you know, you're trying to marry somebody, and and uh, that energy is constantly changing. You need to really time out. You need to take a pause. You need to look at that person's, um, you know, you need to look deep within that person. Look deep. Judge Maybelline used to say, look deep before you leap because energy never lies. And when a person is behaving passive aggressively, uh, you will always sense, you will always discern that the energy of the relationship is is always shifting even if you can't you know be definitive or put your finger on it you know enough to know in your spirit and in, even in your good mind that something is not right here go to acts chapter 16 let me show this to you in scripture acts chapter 16 verses 16 through 18 it says and it came to pass as we went to prayer a certain damsel possessed with the spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain uh, by soothsaying. The same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God. She seems to be friendly, right? These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. There's the passive part. And this did she many days. Every day she would come out and she would say these nice things about them. These men are the servants of the Most High God. And this did she many days. But Paul, being grieved, he felt the energy. He, you know, he was looking at her actions and listening to her words, but her energy was saying something different. Have you ever been involved with a person like that on a romantic level on a friendship level uh, you know on on a professional level on a church level that they seem to be saying and doing all of the right things they seem like they were you know or are good people but there was something that just wasn't right about that energy these men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. And this did she many days, but Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the Spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out the same hour. So that is a great indicator that you're dealing with someone that's passive-aggressive. When you constantly feel the shift in the energy, and how do you know that the energy is shifting? It is when there is a fluctuating peace. It's like one moment you're around this person, they're the greatest person in the world. The next moment you don't know what in the world happened. It, you see, the aim of passive aggression is to create confusion in its victim. It is passive aggression is a means of forcing compliance from a passive posture. It's when I it's when I don't want to just tell you this is what I want and this is how I want you to do it. Um, or I can't make you do what I want you to do. So I begin to manipulate moments. I begin to manipulate the atmosphere to passive to passively, aggressively force you into complying to what I want you to do. A passive-aggressive person 
is one who appears to comply with a request but actually resists in subtle ways. The resistance can range from pouting, just sitting around pouting, uh, to, you know, delayed vindictiveness or delayed anger or delayed um, aggression or, de or delayed violence even, you know, passive aggression. So it's, it is designed to force you into complying to what I want you to do. You know, from the silent treatment to um, ghosting, you know, you, you know you, you, they say they want you to do X, Y, Z, and you say, I, I don't think I can do it. And they just go silent and then they leave and then you don't hear from them for three or four days. Well, what is that? That's manipulation. That's passive aggression. That's somebody trying to passively force you into uh, complying with their will, trying to break you away from your will, your decisions, and force you into complying with what they want you to do. Now, um, again, we all exhibit all of us, none of us are exempt, even from babies. Babies use passive. <laughs> they come, come here knowing how to use passive aggression. Since they can't physically, you know, have their way, they'll just scream and holler. And then, you know, you know nothing wrong with them because once the mama picked them up, they just shut up. They're looking around, looking at everybody. What, what, what did they just do? They just passive aggressively, passively, I'm trying to figure out how to say that, aggressively forced mother into complying with what they wanted her to do. They were tired of sitting in that crib or, you know, or lying in that bed or sitting in that car seat. So they just screamed and hollered because they learned, they've learned how, I don't even know if that's passive. I think that's aggression, just pure aggression, to be honest with you. But back to my point. We all exhibit passive-aggressive behaviors. Usually, again, as children, when it was not safe for us to openly rebel, you know, when we get a little older, three, four, five, six, you know, we know better. And, you know, rebellion came with consequences. It's not like, you, like it was when you were, you know, a little baby in a, in a crib or a little toddler. Now you're you old enough to understand better, and so now there are consequences. So you can't, you, cannot, um, you can't just openly rebel. So as children, we learn to passively, um, aggressively manage moments. I remember when I was a little boy, I guess I was about five. I had to be five, five or six, something like that. And uh, man, they didn't. My mom and my mom didn't give me something that I wanted, and I asked for. And I said, "Well, I'm leaving here. I'm out of here. I'm leaving." If my mom is watching, she can attest to this. I'm leaving. I'm gone. And I had a little. I had a little uh, suitcase. I don't know why I had a suitcase, but I had a little suitcase about as big as this Bible. It's a little handle on it. And I took my little soldiers and my little whatever else I had, my little cap gun, and put all my little stuff in my, in my little bag. And I said, I'm leaving. And I, I walked out of the house. <laughs> and I walked down to the corner. Nobody came for me. Nobody ran behind me. I, nobody ran behind me. And I stood there and for a while and I said, nah, I'm thinking to myself, where am I going to go? What's, what am I going to do? And eventually, I, you know, I guess my mom was looking through the window making certain I was all right. I made my way back on to the house and came on in pouting, you know, and went on back to my little room. But as we mature, you know, we move away from childhood passive aggression. As we mature, we should learn we should, here it is, we should learn um, healthier and more mature behavior 
to communicate our feelings, to establish boundaries, and to express disagreements more openly rather than playing all of these games. The Apostle Paul said, when I was a child, I spake, I thought, and I behaved like a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. But here's the reality. There are many of us who are grown chronologically, gray hair and all, that are still functioning like the little boy I was when I took my little case and was trying to force my mother to comply with what I wanted her to comply with. Now, um, the Bible does not use the term or the phrase passive aggression, but it does give us you know, character, you know, characters, biblical characters who exhibited uh, passive aggressive tendencies or behavior. And it shows us even the results of some of that behavior. Now, passive aggressive people, in my opinion, which we have a lot of in the church, passive aggressive people are possibly more dangerous than openly aggressive ones because you never see or should I say you rarely see their attacks coming you know a person that just says I don't like what you did and this is how I feel about it is uh, a much better person to deal with than someone or a person that says this is what I want give me what I want if you don't give me what I want I'm out you know that person is much easier to deal with, much better to deal with than to deal with a person that will smile in your face and act like they're perfectly all right with your decision. Oh, it's I understand. It's cool. It's cool. And you think you have an understanding and then they leave away from there. You're used to hearing from them two or three times a day. You don't hear from them for three or four days. What is that? That's passive aggression. Of a person to say, oh, I'm good, I understand. And then you can feel the temperature of the environment change. And then, you know, there's this awkwardness. There's this awkward silence in the car. Maybe you all are riding together. There's this awkward silence in the car. Because passive-aggressive people are more dangerous than, than openly-aggressive people. Uh, let me show you what I show you an example of this in Luke chapter 22 verses 47 and 48 it reads like this and while he yet spake behold a multitude and he that was called Judas one of the twelve went before them before the multitude that was coming to snatch Jesus up and Judas drew near unto Jesus watch this to kiss him but Jesus said unto him, Judas, betrayest thou the Son of Man with a kiss? What is that? That is the ultimate uh, exhibition of passive aggression. Judas betrayed Jesus with a kiss. That, that, that is the thing that makes passive aggressive people so dangerous, is that... They look like they love you. They act like they love you. They behave like they are with you. And on the back side of their behavior are knives and daggers that are piercing through your back. And watch this. Here's, here's what makes it even the more dangerous. While they are outwardly kissing you, they are inwardly betraying you. And the people that surround you who are there to protect you many times, may believe that they are your friend because of their external behavior. You know, passive-aggressive uh, speech and behavior are cowardly ways many times of avoiding conflict. Yeah, cowardly ways of avoiding conflict. Now, again, I say, again, I say, all of us, you know, at certain times have exhibited some of these characteristics in our relationships. Maybe there were times, you, you know, you just didn't have the, you know, the, the courage to 
deal with a family member, you know, or, or you didn't have the courage to deal with a friend, you know, afraid that they're going to uh, take it the wrong way and reject you or something like that, and rather than just coming straight to the point dealing with the issue, you chose some passive-aggressive, you know, maneuvers, and maybe you got what you wanted, but was that right? No, it wasn't right. It's never right, and all of us are guilty or at least most of us are guilty. It's never right to use passive-aggressive maneuvers on people that you love. Just, it's better for us to practice being able to be honest with one another. But the people I'm talking about are people who make a living using passive-aggressive maneuvers on people 24-7, people that are more like narcissists. You know, but you know, these people pretend to be pleasant while inwardly they are, are burning up with resentment. We fool ourselves into believing that, you know, we, we somehow have this BFF and the reality is your, your blood pressure would go down if you discern this devil you call in your BFF. Or even marrying somebody who's just constantly using passive aggressive maneuvers. That's what happens with... Uh, with men quite a lot, men that, that uh, marry women that have that Jezebel spirit. And again, the Jezebel spirit even resides in men. But I'm talking, uh, talking about men right now who marry women who manipulate the man with passive-aggressive maneuvers. She knows how much the man loves her. So, you know, she, she plays that against the man. You know, silent treatment, pouting. Just sitting around the man's house, ruining the, the climate of the man's house. And the man, what's wrong? What's wrong? What can I do? What can I do? And for, before you know it, man, this woman is taking your pants off of you, taking all your manhood away from you. Through what? Passive aggressive maneuvers. Now, there's an ancient Chinese proverb that defines passive aggression like this. Listen to this carefully. Behind the smile is a hidden knife. Behind the smile. You see how plastic that is? Is a hidden knife. Now, <clears throat> let me give you some examples of passive aggressive behavior. And I kind of alluded to some of this already, but I want to make certain that this soaks into your spirit. Uh, number one, non-communication. When there's clearly something that is uh, an issue or problematic, something that needs to be worked through, um, a person that won't communicate. I'm all right. I'm all right. Forget about it. Forget about it. I'm good. I'm good. Well, what is that? What is that? What is that, man? Come on now. What is that? That's passive aggression. You know, you clearly got an issue. You got something that you, that, that, uh, you don't agree with. You feel like you, you've been wronged. Something you don't understand. But rather than talking about it, you just say, I, I, you, you don't communicate. That's passive aggression. But you, you, you do enough to make certain that the environment is spoiled that you ruin the environment for the team, that you ruin the environment for, you know, uh, the family, that you ruin the environment for the friendship, and then you, then you don't want to communicate. You have, bad, you have a bad enough spirit that everybody involved can, can feel the tension. You can cut it with a butter knife, but then you don't want to communicate. Passive-aggressive. You're trying to break everybody down, make everybody pay a price for not doing what you want them to do, and uh, this way you're going to teach them to just follow your lead. You see, that's demonic. That's witchcraft. In Matthew chapter 18 and 15, it says, Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. He says, what is the principle of the text? If you have an issue, communicate it. And don't, don't go around, which is another form of passive aggression. Don't go around the circle or the family, or the church, or the workplace, talking to all of these other people, 
Go to the one that you say you have the issue with. Go to your brother alone. Nobody else should know about y'all stuff but you and the person. But a lot of y'all, before you ever talk to the individual, you've talked to 30 or 40 other people about something that you should have gone to the individual about. Why were you talking to them? You are passively, aggressively, passive aggressively, I'm still trying to figure out how to say that. You are passive aggressively trying to ruin the man or the woman's circle so that the circle can close in and do your enforcement for you. Um, second example, self-pity or the, you know, oh me, oh my, I'm, I'm always the one. I'm always the one that everybody forget about. That's all right, though. I'm all right. God got me. And now you got everybody, you ruined the atmosphere for the whole gathering. Everybody rubbing on you. And there you crying, acting like you so broke up and then look, looking up one eye, trying to see who looking, who paying attention. You demon, you. You demonic spirit come here and ruin this atmosphere with this self-pity stuff. Uh, number three. Blaming others for your situation rather than taking responsibility for your own actions. See that quite often. You haven't done what you need to do to succeed and you want to blame everybody else. You want to blame. You'll start off with your daddy and your mama and your siblings. They didn't support me. Daddy wasn't there. M mama didn't love me as much as she loved my Come on, man. Go sit down with all of that old, old crazy stuff. Your daddy wasn't there because he's trying to earn a living. To pay for that roof that was over your head and all that food you sat up there and ate and all, this, all those books you had at school and all those tennis shoes you wore out. Blaming others for your situation rather than taking responsibility for your own actions or being able to take on, you know, the maturity to say, you know, this is why I'm where I'm at. You know, ain't nobody else's fault. This is why I'm where I'm at. But you want to you want to you want to take and you want to manipulate other people. Because, you you know, can okay, let me leave that alone. Number four, learned helplessness where a person this is where a person just continually acts as if they can't help themselves. This is where uh, users usually um, thrive. Users, you know, they just. Users thrive on this. People that just use others for, for a living. Just, um, you know, can't help themselves. I can't do nothing. I can't do nothing. Learned helplessness. Don't want a job. Don't want to do anything to help yourself. Listen to what the Bible says in 2 Thessalonians 3, 10, and 10 through 12. For even when we were with you, this we commanded you, that if any would not work, neither should he eat. For we hear that there are some which walk among you disorderly, working not at all, but are busybodies. Now them that are such, we command and exhort by our Lord Jesus Christ that with quietness they work and eat their own bread. I see this all the time in the church. People who manipulate other folk. You know, I, I just can't do it. I can't help myself. They don't want an opportunity. They don't want to ha hand up. They want to hand out. They don't want they don't want to do anything for themselves. They want to be able to just roam through the church and use other folks resources. And make people feel guilty if they don't comply with their wishes. Uh, here's the, the fifth thing, avoiding or ignoring people. Or situations when you're so angry, you know, where you just avoid or ignore people. Ignoring people that play an intricate role in your life, that, that's nothing but passive aggressiveness in most cases. Number six, obstructing by deliberately stalling or preventing an event or process of change. I see this happening a lot in, uh, in, in ministry on teams where when people can't lead it or it doesn't, the, you know, it doesn't go the way they want it to go. They'll intentionally hold their part up to, to slow down the, the progress of the whole. 
you know, number seven, sitting around sulking, just, just a sad spirit, just a sad spirit. Come sit up in the church. And I talk about church because that's my context. They talk, they just sit up in with a sad spirit. What's wrong with you, baby? What's wrong with you? I don't know. Pastor just looked like he got something against me. I've never even had a conversation with you. What are you talking about? I got, he, he just looked like he got something again. And before I know it, you got a whole crowd out there. You got you a whole congregation on the front lawn of the church. And then number eight, chronic lateness, just always late. To put yourself in control of others and their expectations of you. All right, now let's look at this here. Um, understanding and dealing with passive aggressive people. The energy of passive aggressiveness leads to uh, one, two, three, four, five things that I've outlined. I'm certain that there are more, but these are the five that came to mind for me. The energy of passive aggressiveness uh, is as such. Remember I told you that you know you're dealing with a person that is passive aggressive because the energy of your environment constantly changes. You find your own mood shifting around this person and the way you think about yourself is, is constantly shifting. It's, you know, there are a few things that the passive aggressor works to uh, in, inject into his or her victim. Number one is guilt. Passive aggressive people work to make you feel guilty. You find this quite a lot with ungrateful children that have grown up and, you know, have grown old but have not grown up and now they're adults and they want to make you feel guilty because once you feel guilty, they know that you'll open your wallet to them. You got to stop opening that wallet for these grown people who need to go get jobs. But guilt, you know, uh, the passive aggressor is so skilled in, in his or her craft that they can cheat on you. They can cheat on you and then you can bust them cheating. And when they get through talking to you, they'll make you feel like you were the cause of them cheating. And you find yourself apologizing to them for putting them in a position to have to cheat. That's how, that's how demonic, that's how manipulative this situation is. They, they, are, they are skilled surgeons with the scalpel of guilt. And they'll transfer that, they'll put that guilt trip on you, man. And before you know it, you've done nothing wrong. You've actually done more than you should have done. They'll have you reaching for more, trying to do more for them because they, they, have, they have employed the spirit of guilt in the process of forcing you to comply with what they want you to do. Uh, the, the next thing I list is blame. Blame. You know, and it kind of, the two kind of bleed out of one another. They, they, they're gonna, they're, they'll, they'll find a way to, to, to make you take and accept the blame for something you had absolutely nothing to do with. The third thing, the third kind of energy that passive aggressive people employ is guilt, blame, shame. Shame. They want to make you feel shame. Now, not directly, but indirectly. You know, if, if there's a... Um, Okay, let me leave that alone. Number four, deflection. They'll take their, their issues and they'll deflect it so that it lands on you. Stuff that's really meant for them, they'll deflect it. And they'll deflect it in a way that you, you take ownership of it. And then the, the fifth one is criticism. It keep an energy or, or environment or a climate of criticism. They are very destructively critical. Now, people who practice passive aggressiveness, um, you know, are of a certain kind of nature. And, and I've listed, uh, 
I've listed one, two, three, four. Could have gone on, but I just wanted to highlight these. People who practice passive aggressiveness are number one. Listen to this very carefully. Powerless people often resort to passive aggressiveness. Now these are the people who utilize or use passive aggressiveness who are actually victims. But because they are victims who do not have power, they cannot uh, directly uh, resist. So they, they begin to utilize passive aggressive methods to hurt their victimizer. Um, if you look in Colossians chapter 3 verses 18 through 21 it says wives submit yourselves unto your own husbands as it is fit in the fit in the Lord husbands love your wives and be not bitter against them children obey your parents in all things so this is well pleasing unto the Lord fathers provoke not your children to anger lest they be discouraged well you have here the, the husband and the father, you have the wife and the children. And the wives and the children are um, many times in a, in a position or a posture where they are left powerless under the auspices of the husband and the father. Many times the man is the one that uh, has the money, the man is the stronger, the man is the most dominant. And so the Bible is saying... Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as is fit in the Lord, as is fit in the Lord. Go search that out. That's another lesson for another day. You're not just supposed to submit blindly or just a, you know, a blank check. But then it says, husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. Why? Because you have, you have a, a position of authority over her. Parents have a position of authority over the children. When we abuse positions of authority... As a pastor, uh, when I walk into New Home Family Worship Center, I have a position of authority. If I abuse my authority, there are people that are part of that congregation that don't have the, 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 the power or the authority to be able to kick against what I might be doing, even if it's wrong sometimes. And a whole lot of pastors abuse their authority. And what you, what you do is you then generate a climate in the in the church or in the organization or in the family or with the children where the wife begins to passively aggress the children begin to passively aggress against you know um, aggressive parents now the the bad thing with that is when when people are powerless and they begin to uh, utilize passive aggression to express themselves it does not stop there if a woman, if you're discovering that a woman is having to resort to passive aggression to, um, to meet your uh, unfair, unrealistic demands as a husband, or your children are resorting to passive aggressive tendencies because as parents you're cruel and you're, you're mean and diabolical, well, it's not going to stop there. Passive aggression in this case is only the beginnings this is going to this is going to move to an outright rebellion at a certain point because the children are not always going to be smaller and younger and and uh, you know your children are going to grow up become adults in some in some cases they're going to become bigger and stronger than you and when you have when you've misparented them and all they could do as children was you know be passive aggressive now they're full-blown grown adults and now that passive aggression turns into outright rebellion and disrespect there are a lot of people who claim well their grown children are this and that and you know it's ridiculous how they treat their parent but we don't have the videotape on how you parented them when they were babies although you know coming there's always two sides to a, to a, to a coin to a story number two People who practice passive aggression. People who feel entitled. I don't like people who feel entitled. You are not entitled to anything. 
people who feel entitled practice passive aggression just feel like I'm supposed everybody's supposed to do this for me and when you don't get your way you start pouting you become difficult you know I don't I don't I don't I don't if I ever go out with you and you behave like that you'll never have to worry about uh, you and I hanging out again I don't like people who feel entitled because when you, when you feel entitled and you come to a restaurant it's popular and the line is long, uh, you know, hey, you, you're the only one in the line complaining. This line is too long. Well, if it's too long, you don't need to stand in the people's line outside of their restaurant, you know, complaining. Just say you, whoever you're with, oh, it seems like a lot of people here. Uh, let's try somewhere else. But you don't need to go there and then, you know, throwing your weight around. Go, go tell so-and-so that I'm here. There are days that I walk up on spots where I know if I send a message and said I'm, you know, I'm out here, somebody come out there and get me and take me on through the back or wherever, bring me. But I stand in the line because I'm not entitled to anything. Because when you start developing a spirit of entitlement, you begin to impose your will upon every situation and you fall into this passive aggressive mindset which is toxic you manage and manipulate people I don't ever want to be in a position where I'm managing or manipulating people uh, King Ahab was was that kind of uh, uh, leader that kind of king if you go to first Kings 21 uh, 1 through 6 it says and it came to pass after these things that Naboth the Jezreelite had a vineyard which was in Jezreel hard by the palace of Ahab king of Samaria and Ahab spake unto Naboth saying give me thy vineyard that I may have it for a garden of herbs because it is near unto my house and I will give thee for it a better vineyard than it or if it seem good to thee I will give thee the worth of it in money and Naboth said to Ahab the Lord forbid it me that I should give the inheritance of my fathers unto thee and Ahab came into his house heavy and displeased because of the word which Naboth the Jezreelite had spoken to him for he had said I will not give thee the inheritance of my fathers and he laid him down upon his bed and turned away his face and would eat no bread this grown man because somebody told him no I don't want to give you, I don't want to give you or sell you my land he laying on the bed and I ain't, I ain't eat nothing because he felt entitled verse 5 but Jezebel his wife came to him and said unto him why is thy spirit so sad that thou eatest no bread he said unto her because I speak unto Naboth the Jezreelite and said unto him give me thy vineyard for money or else if it please thee I will give thee another vineyard for it and he answered I will not give thee my vineyard how many y'all know folk that's, that's like that number one you know anybody that's really sad for a real reason they are usually trying to disguise it because they don't want to have to discuss it with anybody around them when you see somebody that's just sitting there they are they are what they are campaigning for attention it is passive aggression anybody that's really sad you're gonna usually have to discern it nobody's gonna be able to just off the cuff just be as what's wrong with you no 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 that is passive aggression but you see how this man felt entitled he couldn't accept the fact that the man said, no, this is my father's inheritance. I don't, I don't want to give you this. I'm not going to give you this and I'm not going to sell it to you. I don't want to exchange it for nothing else. But look, look at how he conducted himself with that passive aggression. Number three, uh, people whose hearts are just polluted will exercise passive aggression. People just never really meant you well, never really meant you right. They will always keep your, your life topsy-turvy, you know, um, just with that bad energy because their hearts were always in the wrong place.
Listen to what, what uh, Jesus says in Matthew 15 and 8. This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. They're saying one thing, but their heart is somewhere else. Number four, people attempting to usurp authority practice passive aggressive behavior. People who want to uh, take the authority that you have on the job, in the workplace, in the ministry, in the business, in government, will use passive aggressive tendencies to take your authority, to use your authority to hurt the people they want to hurt or to uh, empower the people they want to empower. They'll use passive aggressive tendencies to usurp your authority. King David had a son by the name of Absalom. And you got to read the whole story. But Absalom and David, uh, you know, did not see eye to eye, fell out for some very serious reasons. Read the story. But if you look in 2 Samuel 15, 6 through 10, it says, And on this manner did Absalom to all Israel that came to the king for judgment. So Absalom stole the hearts of the men of Israel. It came to pass after 40 years that Absalom said unto, unto the king, I pray thee, let me go and pay my vow, which I vowed unto the Lord in Hebron. For thy servant vowed a vow while I abode at Geshur in Syria, saying, If the Lord shall bring me again indeed to Jerusalem, then I will serve the Lord. And the king said unto him, Go in peace. So he arose and went to Hebron, but Absalom sent spies throughout all the tribes of Israel, saying, as soon as ye hear the sound of the trumpet, then ye shall say, Absalom reigneth in Hebron. So Absalom is, you know, using this passive aggression to win the hearts of the people, people coming to be judged by the king. Absalom intercepting the people and talking about his daddy, talking about what he would do because People that want to usurp your authority, that's why, and this is just a side note, that's why if you are over people, keep your finger on the pulse of your organization. Don't, don't rely on any one or two people to tell you everything about the people in your organization because sometimes you have Absaloms on your job, in your ministry. You have Absaloms. Now, let, let me shut it down with this. How do we deal with passive-aggressive people? Number one, never react to people. Always process. Because passive-aggressive people are trying to push you to react. They want to push a button and make you jump. Make you, no, no, no. Never react to people. Always process. You know, I don't care what you feel emotionally initially. Don't roll with that. Don't rock with that. Take your time to process so you're not reacting. You're responding, if you respond at all. Sometimes the best response is none at all. In James 1 and 19, it says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to get angry. Number one, never react to people. Always process. And begin to discern everybody around you, everybody around you. You have more passive-aggressive passive aggressive people around you than you realize. Number two, never do what you don't feel good about doing. If you don't feel good about doing it, don't do it. If you don't have a witness in your spirit that this is what you should be doing, this is what I should be doing, do not do it. Never do what you don't feel good about doing. If you just stop doing what you don't feel good about doing, you're going to begin to see a great falling away. See, because you continue to do things that people want you to do, they hang around and they keep telling you about how much they love you and they're with you. When you stop doing what you don't feel good about doing. Number three, learn to say no without any guilt. No. No malice, no guilt. You're going to do it. No, I'm not going to do that. No, no, no I'm not going to do that. I don't, I, don't, I don't feel like that's right for me. No, no, I'm not, I'm not doing that. You want to go get some lunch? No, I'm not going to get no lunch. You just told me no.
Well, what you want me to do, tell you yes when I mean no? You want me to lie to you? Number four, and finally, put distance between you and passive aggressive people. Now, honestly, here's the honest truth, and this is coming from one empath to many others, I'm certain. You know, I feel people and I don't like to hurt people's feelings, but you know what I'm learning? The only way to really deal with passive aggressive people is aggressively. When it's no, it's no. And, you know, just direct, not, not necessarily, well, not, maybe not even, aggressively, aggressively is not even a good word. Definitively and assertively, just speak your mind. No, no, I'm, I'm not going to do it. You know, I know, I know you asked me to do it, but I, no, I'm not with that. Uh, so, you know, yeah, I hope you understand. When you start functioning like that, they, they drop like flies. Number four, put distance between you and passive-aggressive people. Once you discern that a person or people are passive-aggressive and they, they're doing all kind of old funny stuff and they're shifting your, your environment and they're changing the climate and temperature in your, uh, around your life, man, life is too short to be tolerating that kind of stuff. You don't need to tolerate that. Proverbs 22, 24, and 25 says, Make no friendship with an angry man, and with a furious man thou shalt not go lest thou learn his ways and get a snare to thy soul. While you're dealing with them, you know, there's a lot of tension and anger wrapped up in them. You don't realize that that stuff is rubbing off on you and you, they, you're creating a soul tie here. Get this, get this situation, man. Put these people far away from you. Better to walk alone, just you and God, than to have a whole lot of people smiling on the outside, got those daggers Mm -mm. on the other side. No, ma'am, no, sir. So I hope that you got something out of this today. That's my prayer. That's my prayer. Now, listen, um, for those of you that um, are watching this, you know, I want you to know that the Spirit of God is covering you. The Spirit of God is covering you. And I know that you have, you know, you're trying to figure out all of these different people in your life. The Spirit of God is covering you. And the Spirit of God is going to rescue you from every evil person. I promise you that. So I hope that you got blessed today. Now listen. We here at R.C. Blake's Ministries want to thank you for spending this time with us today. Time with us today. R.C. and Lisa are always honored to have you with us. Don't forget to reach out to us by visiting our website at www.rcblakes.com. While you are there, you may join our mailing list and receive a free download of the Laws of Manifesting Your Vision by R.C. Blakes. Also look at all of the online programs by R.C. You may find all books written by R.C. and Lisa. Once again, all of us here at R.C. Blake's Ministries want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts. And as we always say, see you at the top.